0: Generations Church exists to glorify God in our community, to make disciples of Jesus, and to multiply churches so that the next generation is equipped to glorify God better than we did. Welcome to Generations Church Podcast. We are in our series called Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude, exploring the themes and modern day connections of the Heidelberg Catechism. Hello, everybody. My name is Rob Samuelson. I'm an elder at Generations Church. And once again, I'm here with my pastor and my friend Jeff Luddington, the lead pastor at Generations. How you doing today, Jeff?
1: I'm uh, doing well, man. We're getting getting a rhythm to this. We're getting a groove. We're uh, um, I and man, I appreciate your insights into this. I'm I'm excited to have this conversation uh, today. We're going to talk about Sabbath. And uh, if I were to say there's you know I mean there's probably a hundred different week suits for the American Church. This is in them. This is in the top few, man, of of uh, being a struggle that Christians um, either outright ignore, don't understand, or or because they don't understand it, outright ignore. You know? <laughs> so uh, this feels like this is, a, this is a cool one, man, and I appreciate, man, you've done your you've done some study and some reading on this, whether that was for the podcast or just because you're that kind of guy. Uh, but anyhow, looking forward to this conversation today, Rob. Yeah, I noticed too. I thought this was gonna be a nice easy one. There's only one
0: question and answer. We normally get two to four and exactly. but no, there's a lot in this answer. A lot in this there question. Is. I think even in a recent uh, sermon you did, you talked about the fact that maybe ninety percent of believers don't necessarily focus on what is the Sabbath and, and wrestle yeah. with that question of how do I how do I live this out.
1: Well, I would take huge credit for my profound insights into the world, except I was really just saying what Isaiah said. So God told Isaiah, I read it to the church, and then said, You know what? I don't think people do this very much. So it's not as brilliant as people might think. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> hey, point. we're in we're in this series, man. And and you know, so Isaiah On Sundays, we're doing Isaiah, and it was written 2,800 years ago um, to a people right now in the latter half of Isaiah that are reading it about 2,700 years ago, Um, and yet it is every bit as relevant as anything that could be written today. I mean, we're talking about oppression and justice. We just talked about abortion. We talked about astrology. We talked about Sabbath. I mean, you name it, and it's stuff that is hitting us uh, dead center between the eyes today, and so... um, that is God's word. I mean, that God's word uh, is relevant throughout time. Humanity has not changed in our, in our hearts. Uh, the way we travel from place to place may look different, but man, our hearts are incredibly similar. Um, that gives us kind of our, our what we're doing here, modern day themes and connections to the Heidelberg Catechism, a 450-year-old educational tool for discipleship, that parents would disciple their children by having them memorize questions and answers. And so we are in episode 38. Uh, The catechism calls it Lord's Day 38. And we are in the section where we're working our way through the Ten Commandments. And so today, we are in the fourth commandment uh, about Sabbath. And as you said, instead of like three, four questions, we've got one. And so If you're unfamiliar with this, uh, basically it's a way of learning by memorizing questions and answers. And so really what you're doing is memorizing truth so that when you need it, you have it. So when your buddy asks you, hey, what do you think about the Sabbath? You actually have an answer that you've memorized. And again, the catechism doesn't make it true. Scripture makes it true. We believe that these truths are found in Scripture. And so as we talk about them, we will take them to Scripture. So are you ready? I am ready. Let's go. Okay, man, you sound ready. I believe it. (laughs) Question and answer 103 for Lord's Day 38 on the fourth commandment. What is God's will for you in the fourth commandment?
0: First, that the gospel ministry and education for it be maintained, and that especially on the festive day of rest, I diligently attend the assembly of God's people to learn what God's word teaches, to participate in the sacraments, to pray to God publicly and to bring Christian offerings for the poor. Second, that every day of my life I rest from my evil ways. Let the Lord work in me through his spirit, and so begin in this life the eternal Sabbath.
1: Hmm. It's good. You know, There, there um, there's two answers. One, what we do, we'll call it on Sundays at church. And then two... That Sabbath is a foretaste of what God has for us in the future. Uh, that we begin now uh, what we will eternally do. That's pretty good. I like that, man. That gives us um, a perspective to look forward to. Um, so, Sabbath. Rob, talk to me, man. What do you, When you hear Sabbath, when, again, top 10 list of things God wants us to know is to have God only, right, to not his use, use his name in, an, in a, a way that is common, to not make images of God the Father, to keep the Sabbath, I mean, to honor your parents, not to murder, not to covet. This is the top 10 list, and Sabbath, here it is, not something the church talks about. So what do you think? Right, well, um, just
0: to start off with, I think it's important to Look at the point. This may be a little nerdy um, for not necessarily something that everybody wants to look into. But when I when I teach the Old Testament to my kids, we learn that at Mount Sinai, Moses gets a lot of laws, not just the 10. And they're kind of broken down into ceremonial laws and and, um, civil laws and then the moral law, the Ten Commandments. And I've heard people debate whether or not this commandment should be in the list of moral laws. You said, you know, one of the top 10. And I think all of us would say, yeah, it belongs there. But. Is this something that was ceremonially um, that was fulfilled by Christ? Um, If you see it that way, do you view the Sabbath as differently than someone that says, no, no, this is a moral law. It's still in effect today. We need to be living by this. So how would you answer that?
1: Well, first, I would like our our listeners, as they hear this and they hear about Rob teaching the Old Testament to his kids, uh, you should know that he teaches Old Testament in school that his two daughters are not being subjected to the word <laughs> ceremonial law or moral law, right? That, uh, I'm sure they have been at some point, but he is talking about a high school class as he teaches at a Christian high school. So a little shout out to Valley Christian. And, uh, before you guys think, man, what kind of weird dad is this? Uh, you should know that. So here's my answer. Um, and I, I think that there are a lot of highly educated opinions about Sabbath. Um, and, Many that come from the reform tradition really uh, press back against making rules. They, like they really struggle with rules because we are the people of the doctrines of grace, and so rules always, uh, you know, want, uh, cause us, especially strict ones, right? And and so when it's you know, do not murder, you know, or when it's do not covet, okay, there's values in there that we we learn from. But when it is a strict observance of the Sabbath. And we see that Jesus was challenged by the religious leaders who kept the Sabbath really well because he didn't. Then it gives us pause to say, okay, well, really, what are we saying now? I think for me, the the probably the most impactful thing to learn about the Sabbath, and I remember uh, when I when I just probably first heard it, and, and it just reshaped the conversation for me, is that Sabbath is created by God as something God practiced, uh, but created by God before sin, right? So when we get the Ten Commandments, we're long. We're, you know, 1,500 years into, you know, 2,000 years or something into sin, right? At least into human history that we know of, that you do the kind of the math, that's where you end up. We're we're way into sin with Moses and, man, the people of God have already, you know, gotten covenants and then been enslaved and then been released. And I mean, all kinds of things have happened, right? And so thousands of years into sin. Now, Sabbath is created before sin. So as Adam and Eve are created, uh, God creates over six days. He creates the earth. He creates the skies. He hangs the star and the moon, the sun, and everything in the sky for us. Uh, He creates plant life and, and animal life and then human life. And at the crown of creation, humanity is created. And then the first thing humanity is given to do is Sabbath with God. And so before sin corrupts them, before they even have a chance to work a work week, they get a day with god and and for me, that should be a driving value when uh when we look at the lens of scripture uh in in our tradition in our theology in our church, we talk about redemptive historical hermeneutics or redemptive historical views of of scripture, where God is redeeming things in history that God has a plan that plan was in the garden, right? And that that sin messed up the plan. Jesus is coming to restore the plan. And then eventually we end up going from the original garden to the future garden when things are all made right. You know, that's big picture, right? And that God is redeeming things back to the way he created them to be. I think Sabbath is a part of that redemptive historical approach that our our role should be spending a day with God, resting in God, finding our strength in God before we try and get out there and live the rest of our lives. So I think that's a premise for us. So um, I, don't, I don't do away with this as just ceremonial or moral. I do, I, I, I approach this from an ontological creation narrative, right? Design purpose kind of thing that we are created to rest in God first uh, primarily so that we can be the people God has called us to be. And so um, I, I take it out of those camps um, for Moses, right? Um, although I, I see the moral side, I see the ceremonial side. But for me, it's ontological. It's from design. Does that help? That was super nerdy, by the way. I felt <laughs> myself getting nerdy and nerdier and decided to shut up.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it does help. But again, it's, it's a – I don't know. I think with the modern-day theme of this is just the idea of looking at it and saying, okay, does this still – do I still need to follow this or is this something that Christ has fulfilled? I think some people that I've read have, have pointed to Colossians – Uh, 2, 16 and 17. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. And so, um, again, when you approach this as ontological or meaning designed by God from the beginning design, right? If the Sabbath was from the beginning before sin, then... As it's lived out as a rule, a law, a commandment, it becomes viewed as post sin. As Christians, we are uh, we are in Christ now, being made new. And so many of the ceremonial things, right? Any many of the um, you know the religious structures of the temple, the tabernacle, right? The synagogue. Many of those things have been taken away. So we don't go slaughter animals on Sunday as a sin offering, where you don't, you know, wave things in the air as a, you know, as a free will offering to God, and, and we don't do the same things. Much of that is done away by Christ. I'll give you some simple ones. Passover is now fulfilled and becomes communion, right? And the main idea there, not that we can't celebrate God passing over his people in Egypt and understanding that God will pass over our sin because of Christ, but we, we also know that we don't celebrate Passover because we don't slaughter lambs anymore. Not because that, you know, Peter will come get us. It's because the, the blood has been fulfilled by Christ. Same thing. Circumcision, the covenant, Old Testament covenant given to Abraham, that is this promise is done in blood. You can't circumcise someone without blood. Well, that is now fulfilled, and Paul tells us, same book, just right before that passage, that... Circumcision has been fulfilled by baptism, right? Again, it's because no more covenant symbols that contain blood. Now, Sabbath doesn't have any of that. Sabbath was not just a ceremonial or a riddance of sin. It was a rest in God. And so when I see Colossians 2, uh, therefore, let no one pass judgment on you on questions of food or drink, right, or regard of festival or new moon or Sabbath, there's a lot of loaded stuff for Judaism right there. Right? Uh, as they didn't eat pork, uh, you know, things like that that, that God had removed as, uh, you know as part of that. That's, that's a whole Acts 10, Peter dream, sheet thing, anyhow. People go look at that. Um, or with regard to a festival, new moon or Sabbath. Well, there was a very religious, and if I would contrast in a modern day setting, take the very Anglican, Episcopalian, Roman, Catholic, or even Orthodox view of church. Very high church, very liturgy-driven church, very festival-driven church. And then you walk into our church, and you will see people in shorts and flip-flops and probably no one in a suit, right? Probably no pipe organ choir in robes. For sure, I'm not in a robe. And, uh, you know, you, you see a very high church versus contemporary or casual church. And I think this is speaking more to that. It's speaking more to the structured form in the way people approach worship, and in this context, Sabbath, right? That you must do Sabbath this way, right? Where I would say that Sabbath, our Sabbath is in Christ. That's true. But that God has still created us to spend a day with him, right? So that we we work six days and it requires trust, right? Can I trust God to help me get everything done in six days? Because I'll tell you right now, my job is never done, man. You know, and you have a little break for the summer, but I know what it looks like during your school year. It feels like work is never done, right? You got a lot to do. So can we trust God? Can we trust God that we can pay our bills with six days worth of work and rest in him? Can we trust God that if we do a day, if we spend a day with him, our time is better? And so for me, it's not how you, that, that that is speaking to not how you spend your Sabbath or what day of the week you spend your Sabbath on. But rather, do you Sabbath? And again, do you take time to press in? And so for me, Sabbath is spend time with God, spend time with the church, serve others, spend time with family, you know, and you know, even enjoy creation, man. I think God created this planet. I think it is very restful to go to the beach. I think it's restful to go to the mountains. I think, you know, there are things that you can do outside, take a walk in your neighborhood, whatever it might be. Um, But are you recharging, letting God recharge you before you enter into the rest of your week? Right. Excellent. Excellent point. I think that's, that's
0: important to know. I think um, from a parent, as a parent point of view, as a, as a teacher point of view, trying to stress um, yeah, set aside that one day, try to get um, your work done on Saturday, try to get your, your homework done. Um, In our Bible class, we don't assign anything that's going to be due on a Monday to try to encourage kids. Hey, take that, that Sunday as something, something different. Um, But I, I think one of the things we run into modern day with this is there are so many different views of this. And as you said, high church and and contemporary church and how people celebrate this or or take this differently. Some of them just um, defaulting to how they were raised and what their parents did. Um, But sometimes you get pushback where people saying, no, you're doing it wrong. You know, you shouldn't go out to eat on this day or you shouldn't mow your lawn on this day, or you shouldn't watch football on this day. Um, I think it's important that we don't judge others, especially our Christian brothers and sisters in this. I was looking at, um, Romans 14, 5 and 6. Uh, one person esteems one day is better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. Um, so the yeah. idea that we do have some freedom in this and we should not be judging others. We can learn from others. We can get some sure. great examples from others, um, but not to judge them.
1: Yeah, that's really good. You know, we if you start off with Exodus 20, right, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day, a Sabbath to the Lord your God, a rest, a Sabbath, right? On that day, you shall not do any work, or your son or your daughter, your male servant, blah, 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 goes on. For six days, the Lord made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that's in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Okay, so God gives us this idea, hey, here's what you're doing in the six days, and I work a six-day work week. It's mostly because of this. I know a lot of people work Monday through Friday, take Saturday and Sunday off. And I work six days a week, man. I love what I do, and and I get to serve a church and pastor a church. And um, I would I would do it for free if I could, you know, make my house payment without it, man. I love to do what I do. Um, and so I, man, I, I I love those six days. And it is a challenge for me not to work seven days a week. But this, but remember a seven-day, make it holy. Holy means set apart. Right, we think of holy as maybe perfect or something like that, but set apart, different, right? And so, as you get to that passage in Romans, I think that's a beautiful way to kind of button up this conversation and say, "Well, what do we do here?" Right? One one person esteems one day is better than another, like Sunday versus Saturday, or Saturday versus Sunday, right? But each person should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day honors it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats and drinks and whatever, right? Uh, the one who does, the one who abstains. Okay, so for me, I can't do Sundays, right? Where Sunday might be a great Sabbath for you. Sunday is a day for me where I'm up early and I'm, I'm going back through my notes. I'm praying to the message. I'm doing things. I'm getting there. We're sound checking. We're making sure lyrics and notes and things on the screen are right. We're always troubleshooting something that happens because we use technology and whatever else, right? You know, we have got two services to do. We've got, you know, live streams that we're putting out. We're doing oftentimes connecting with guests after service. And, and we do some of our kind of connecting points things on Sundays and uh, live streams on Sunday nights when we do special services or prayer times or whatever. So for me, it's, it's I'm never resting. Like the, my head's never out of the game on Sunday. And uh, so for me, Sunday is actually like my Monday, if you will. Sunday is the start of my week. And it's great because I get to see a bunch of people in the church and people ask questions and Think of things and give me things or whatever and to do and and so then Monday is you know I get together with the staff we debrief that we get everything going so for me Friday Friday is my day off Friday is my Sabbath and so Friday is the day where I can disconnect and Friday is better for me than Saturdays because again Saturdays sometimes I need to get together with community group leaders or volunteers or people that work you know a lot and so Friday is the day I can actually disconnect. It's nice if it's summer out and I want to go golf. There's less people on the golf course, right? If you want to go off roading, there's less people on the trails. You want to go snowboarding in this in the winter, less people on a Friday morning than there are on Saturday. So I love my Fridays. And so for me, it's picking a day, picking the value, choosing. Hey, God has called me to Sabbath. I need to rest and spend time with God. I need to rest and spend time with my wife. I need to get out of the house. You know, whether that means lay by my pool or go catch an off road trail or you know, you know, go work out or do whatever, like go get out and do something, get some sunlight, get some vitamin D on the skin, right? Um, But choose, pick a lane, honor God, and go do it, right? And make sure you commit to something. And so for me, that's been the hardest part, is trying to get my normal uh, home type work, fixing this, doing that, and not making that a Friday. Friday just becomes a day of chores, because I worked the other six days. So for me, it's getting everything done in six and then being able to actually rest and spend time with God on Fridays.
0: Right. And that's great for people to know. I remember what a struggle it was for me when I got a job at at Disneyland as a, as a high school kid or just out of high school and had to work Sundays and thinking, well, there goes my Sabbath. And it took me a while to realize, you know what you can do Sabbath on a different day. Um, I had to figure out how to still do community or communal worship and, and things like that, how to take the sacraments um mm-hmm. you know, nowadays yeah. it's you can you can watch sermons online and sure. they're recorded, you go to YouTube and watch a great sermon and participate in that. But yeah, it is important you still get involved with the church and get involved with other believers. Um, but you can you can set a different day if you can't get around having to
1: to yeah, miss absolutely. church.
0: Yep. So I, I think unless you've got something else to add, we'll wrap it up there. Um good to go, man. You wrap us up. Yeah, I would I would encourage parents out there, you know, make Make Sunday something important, um, besides just going to church. Um, you know, make sure that you do some some time with your family and, and some time out in nature. Do something that uh, shows your your kids this is something important to be set aside and to do something special uh, as a family with God. Um, so I wanted to thank you for listening to our Generations Church podcast. It's a reminder uh, every Tuesday we release a new guilt, grace, and gratitude episode. Uh, we hope you'll give us a review. We hope you will uh, share this podcast with your friends and family members and anyone else you think might get something out of this. And uh, we look forward to having you join us again next week. For more information, visit our website at ginfamily.church. G-E-N family.church. You can also follow our social media accounts at ginfamilychurch.